morning, everybody. Given the game away that it's Tuesday morning, oh, Vicky and I are recording again. Welcome to the Vanquish Your Business Demons podcast. Hello, Vicky. Good morning, Julia. You see, I can say it now because you've already said it. <laughs> I feel so much better. Oh, so the last couple of weeks we've been talking about the joy of planning. We have, absolutely. Um, and definitely got a planning gig on last week. Um, which then leads us to the inevitable. You know, we talk about, um, and, you know, child of the 80s, it was all about the 80s. Um, isn't it amazing when a plan comes together? But so often the plan does not come together, does it? We have no, this... Best laid plans and all that. Well, it's more, you know, you've battled through deciding what your objectives are, you've put pen to paper, and then nothing happens. And that's what we're exploring today, because when nothing happens and you've done everything so far right, that can put you off doing it again, because it feels like an utter pointless waste of time. Absolutely. So suppose the starting question is, was it an utter pointless waste of time to have planned in the first place? No. Um, from a mindset point of view, you've done your plan, yep. sorted it all out, and now you're looking at your plan going, I'm not doing my plan. So there's a disconnect there. You were excited when you were doing your plan, because you wouldn't have sat down and done it if you were. Yeah. It was like, oh yeah, no, well, those are the goals, this is the plan, this is how we're going to get there. That all felt quite exciting. And you released lots of lovely free happy drugs into your body. And then when it actually came to implementing the plan, the free happy drugs just disappeared and you're sitting there looking at it going, Ugh. So there's a and couple of things, sorry to butt in. One, we have to look at the length of time between writing the plan and starting to implement the plan. Mm -hmm. Because you need to get started on that baby straight away. Absolutely. So we talked about target dates and the importance of target dates. So it's really important that we set ourselves some really short term targets, knock off. You know, there's probably half a dozen really stupid, silly, little, niggly, easy peasy, lemon squeezy bits in that plan. Find them, do them. Exactly. It's all about creating a success mindset or a success habit, which is, I've done it, I take it off, I release more of my free drugs. I love my free drugs. Release more of your free drugs, get your dopamine hit, do it again. Do the small thing, tick it. And then you start to go, oh, I can do this. This is feeling good. Yeah. Um, the other thing to bear in mind is that there's always going to be a few things that you avoid on your plan because they're big and scary. Or because they're there because you were pushed into having them there yeah. or they're there because of kind of a regulatory somebody else has told you you have to do this yeah and you're just not feeling the love absolutely um or it was a bad plan in the first place well, exactly. And, you know, out of all the decisions that we make in life, I think something like 80% of them turn out to be not the right decision. So <laughs> it's not that, you know, you make a decision to do X, Y, it's not set in stone. You don't have to flog yourself. If you look at it, 
you know, with the retrospect of three weeks and go, that was a really bad decision, do something different. You know, your plan has to be a living, breathing thing that evolves. Now, if you're completely avoiding something that you know is key to your plan and to Mm -hmm. your future business, you've got two options. One, you've got to find the cash to outsource it to somebody else that's better at this than you. Yep. Or two, you've got to sit down and say, okay, how can I break this down into small little easy bits so that it's not going to sit there and stare me in the eye sort of thing? Um, and that's the whole thing about, you know, you can't eat the elephant in one sitting. You've got to break the elephant down into easy bits. You'd be very fat if you ate an elephant in one sitting. You'd be very fat if you ate a whole elephant anyway, but there you go. Surely it would depend on how many years you were eating the elephant over. Yeah, well, maybe, absolutely. You know, you could have a slimming approach to the elephant, couldn't you? <laughs> right, we're totally off target. Let's get back uh, on track. So, <laughs> if we're feeling meh about our plan, one is we probably left it too long between doing the plan and implementing the plan. Mm-hmm. It, maybe we were doing the plan for the wrong reasons. You know, lots of people are told that they have to do a business plan, um, often by the bank um, or to raise finance or to impress somebody um, or they've been on a business course and been told that they have to have one. Um, all of which adds pressure and burden into the plan. So we should be planning for our own reasons. Um, If there's a bunch of worthy stuff in the plan that doesn't rock our world and is there to impress other people, you're never going to implement it unless you're doing it for regulatory reasons. But even if you're doing it for regulatory reasons you still have to find the joy in that. Yeah. Otherwise, it's just, you're going to do it so badly. Yeah. When I'm working with a lot of my clients, I will say to them, how do you feel about this bit of the plan? Yeah. What emotions are you feeling about it? Are you feeling, uh, are you feeling excited? So as you're putting the plan in place, check in with yourself. So how do I feel about this bit exactly? Um, and if you're feeling mayor about it, before you've even put it in, we need to work something out. The other thing is to say, okay, if this plan's running on track, how am I going to be feeling? What action? What's going to be happening? So plan that in beforehand so that you know when you get you're going along, okay, if this is all working, this is how I'm going to be feeling, this is what's going to happen. On the flip side of that, if this isn't working, how's it, how are you going to be feeling and what action is not going to be happening? so that you can actually go okay i've come to this bit here what do i need to do to get back on track i i love the hand signals on an audio recording (laughs) be quiet yes the i'm putting my hand up in a stop thing (laughs) oh we're very silly this morning so um absolutely really interrogating your emotions around this plan is important you are allowed to say i don't want to do it myself yeah absolutely um you are allowed to say that bit's below my price point um yesterday you know i was wading through my plan um found some enthusiasm for the task yesterday um and 
one of it was to move email addresses from my Outlook over into my email platform. Yeah. Um, and I was kind of going, that's below my price point. That's below my price point. Then I discovered you can actually do it in bulk um, and knocked it off <laughs> in about 45 minutes with some experimentation, which actually is a useful business skill to know I can do that. And it's suddenly no longer below my price point. Mm -hmm. So several hundred addresses move from one place to the other. Thank you very much. Um, and the task that was looking really tedious knocked off because I thought I was going to have to wade through them by hand. And how did you feel when you finished it? Pretty good, actually. And I still feel good about it today on the Excellent. I did that. And that's one of those things that, you know, the reason why it was in the plan in the first place is because... I know that I haven't been doing it. You know, we come across all kinds of random people, don't we, in life who end up in our inbox that never get transferred into our email marketing. And you just never know. If you yeah, never you tell them what it is that you do. And, you know, if you were daft enough to email me on my work address, then <laughs> I am going to have a go at talking to you because... I can. Um, and lots of people are going to squawk about GDPR now. But never mind. Um, they're all work things. That's all I'm saying. Um, but yeah, it feels really good. Um, particularly yeah. to have one of those really niggly ones. Um, the other thing that I did was actually have hooked up with somebody who really isn't very expensive to do work with me sessions. So we mm -hmm. had our first one yesterday in terms of actually looking at stuff. And um, she was going away researching various bits while I was swearing at the computer about my email addresses. But actually, it's that thing of for not a lot of money, we got things moving. Um, because, you know, again, there's a reason why people aren't doing this stuff. And often it's because we don't have confidence in what we're doing. Yeah, absolutely. We just... And then we go, can't do it. Or it's not really can't do it, it's don't want to do it. Yeah, don't want to do it. Because I don't think I'm going to do it well enough, but I know mm -hmm. it needs doing. The procrastination is killing me. <laughs> and, and yeah, you know that we're going to feel amazing when we finish it. It just feels finishing it is really hard, doesn't it? 95% of the effort is getting started on <laughs> anything. Once you've got started, it's easy-ish to keep going. But there are an element of people out there, if it's quite a long task, who then go a bit mare in the middle, and then they will get it finished eventually. But I remember my coach saying to me, okay, so... I gave you three weeks to do this task. How long did it take you? And I said to him, oh, it took me about three hours. He said, well, when did you expend those three hours? And I said, last night. And he said, so it took you three weeks. Of pratting about. Of pratting about to complete this task that actually you could have done in three hours, three weeks ago, had it out of your main brain, felt epic, and been useful for the last three weeks. He said, because... That would have been taking up brain space. And we're all guilty of it. We all leave stuff till the last minute. 
And actually, when you start to think about the space it's taking up in your brain by not bloody getting on and doing it and finishing it, yes. But that's around target dates. Yes. If you had set yourself a shorter target date, say a two and a half week or two and a half week shorter target date, you know, it's Wednesday, I'm going to do this by Friday. It would have been done by Friday, but probably only if you'd had the coaching session with the coach because you did it because you wanted that teacher's pet moment. Absolutely. That's why you were doing it then. It wasn't your own dopamine hit wasn't enough. You needed the hit that you got from him saying, well done. Yeah. Um, and that's fine. You know, we, we all benefit from, sorry, the dog has just escaped from a closed door in order to go down the set of stairs and annoy me at the next door. God, I love it. Um, yeah, our own self-affirmation is often not enough. We need that external um, support and motivation and pat on the head um, which is great for people like you and me because that's what we deliver professionally. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> we wouldn't have a job if people didn't need that. But individuals, that's a really interesting point that you've raised there, and it's really good for you to understand who you are because there are three types of people. Some people just know they've done a good job and they would never check with anyone else. Now, that's quite dangerous because if you don't ever check with anyone else, you're not going to ever get anybody else's perspective on whether you've done a good job or you are. You're just going to believe you are. So that's, if you're one of those people, it's worth being reflective on that. So the that person, sounds a touch Trump-esque. Potentially. I'm marvellous. I don't need anybody else yeah. to tell me. The next type of person will never believe they've done a good enough job and will always seek external praise. Now, if you're self-employed and you're working on your own and you never think you've done a good enough job and you've got to go elsewhere for external praise, you need a bloody coach or you need someone on your side because otherwise you're never going to think anything's good enough. You're never going to put anything out there because you have no self-belief. So that's another one to be aware of. That and sounds quite a miserable place to be in. It is a very miserable place to be, but there are a lot of people out there who fall into that category. Okay. Um, and, and as then, a self-employed person, that lack of self-belief, yeah, you would, uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> On the other hand, from an employed perspective, somebody who never thinks that it's good enough is also equally tedious to live with. Absolutely, because, because they're constantly seeking praise. And, yeah, that's kind of mood-sucking for everybody else. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then there's the middle of the road people who are like, actually, I think I've done quite a good job. I'm just going to get some external, you know, sort of support on that to say yes or no. And, and that's kind of the ideal um, of where you want to be. But there are all three types of people out there. And if listening to this, you recognize yourself in either the first or the second category. Um, that's when you need to start thinking on, okay, well, how do I need to do things a bit differently, potentially? Surely, if you're in the first category, <laughs> then actually recognising that 
and seeing it as a problem is difficult because you have very high certainty of your own opinion that you're marvellous and actually it's that lack of open reflectiveness the interest and ability in seeing other people's viewpoints and seeing that you're not the cleverest person in the room that by working and collaborating with others we you know two heads is always better than one absolutely um so yeah let's face it trump does not think his behavior is problematic no nor does somebody else closer to home yes um we're talking about the lovely boris oh yes um so if you're in that category then you are really really difficult to manage and also difficult to work under um and let's face it neither of those probably do a lot of planning anyway so the difficulty in implementing the plan is probably yeah well there is a plan but it's a very rigid plan and it's never going to change because it's the right plan and i'm going to see it all the way through regardless yes because other people's opinions and viewpoints are just not valid and i've made this plan i'm sticking to it and i'm going to do it even if everybody else on the outside is going what is going on you yes. know or can see you yes it's it's a, it's and i think one of the things is by listening to people talking about that type of behavior you might actually go oh yeah i do do that um whereas if you've never been confronted by the concept of what you're doing you might not miss it but i feel we are straying here a little <laughs> We're definitely not the most focused we've ever been on the subject at hand. So one thing I get a lot of my clients or all my clients to do is to take half an hour on a Friday and reflect on their plan and to look at what worked during the week, what didn't go so well during the week, what could be improved next week, what has your action, have the actions of your week helped helped you or hindered you in where you're going? And just ask yourself lots of questions around your plan. What can I do more of next week that I'm already doing, but I needed to do more of it? What can I do less of next week that I've done lots of this week and it's really not useful? Um, what can I stop doing completely? Because there's always something that we're doing that we really don't need to be doing. And what do I need to start doing that I've not done already and work through all of these questions because that's where the flexibility of your plan comes, which is actually, I put that in my plan, I've done it this week, it really wasn't useful, therefore I need to do something different in order to get my result. But if you're never reflecting on your plan and how your plan is going, you can't kind of adjust. I think it very much depends on your plan. So, there are two types of activity within most plans if we think about it from a business owner perspective one is the kind of change management plan around what are all the lists and tasks in order for me to create a different outcome so for mm-hmm. example so they tend to be one-offs so for example sort your nonsense out dear get your email addresses from your outlook into your email platform so that you can be contacting these people um that's a one-off um 
review your website is a one-off. Find some new pictures is a one-off. So if you are trying to create change and do things differently, you're going to have a lot of one-off tasks, which effectively that to-do list, you need to be knocking off it. Some of those will be tasks that you find difficult. That's where the outsourcing, breaking it down, being supported, all of that stuff. The other type of plan is the kind of day-to-day, how I'm going to go about running my business. It's more operational than change, which is kind of the stuff that you've been talking about. Um, This is, I have to go to three networking meetings every week. I have to have four one-to-one meetings every week. I am looking to generate one new client every week. Those are the, those are weekly tasks that are creating sales outcome you are hoping. If you have those as one line in a change management plan, you're only holding yourself accountable once. You need to be looking at adding them to your kind of weekly to-do list tasks in order that you're pushing yourself to hit them. They are more target than change management. If you hit those targets, of course, then you're creating the change that you're looking for, but you're moving more into the kind of performance managing yourself, aren't you? And holding yourself accountable and rewarding yourself when you do it. And that's the really important bit there is that so many people don't reward themselves when they get stuff done and they focus more on what they haven't done than what they have done. Um, An example I say to lots of my clients who are maybe struggling in this area is have a to-do list of three things. Have a massive to-do list written somewhere, but choose three things that you're going to focus on tomorrow. Choose one really chunky thing and a couple of easy wins, basically. Do those and tick them off. Feel epic. Congratulate yourself. Then go back to your big, chunky, epic, long list and choose maybe two more things. So by the end of the day, you're like, wow, I did my whole list and I did two extra things. The flip side of that is if you write a list of 10 things and you do exactly the same five things that you've achieved, you feel rubbish. Oh, well, I had a list of 10 things. I only got five things done. And that's tiny psychological changes you can make to how you're doing things to feel really good about doing five things versus really not very good about doing five things because you're focusing on what you've not achieved rather than what you have achieved. The other thing is to give yourself a week to do things, not a day to do things, so that you can cut yourself some slack when a day gets away from you. Um, We have to plan in the context of the time we have available. Mm -hmm. Um, If you've got a crazy busy back-to-back day, you're not going to get very much done. Now, that is not an excuse to do nothing. What it is (laughs) telling you is you need to find three teeny, teeny, tiny things to do that day. Yeah, Um, absolutely. Ditch the epically big one. You don't have time. But, yeah, don't just go, oh, I'm busy, so I can be rubbish. No. (laughs) 
you're busy keep it going (laughs) or if you're that busy you should have the money to be outsourcing yeah if you don't have the money to outsource when you're really really busy we need to have a conversation about your pricing we need to have a conversation about your costs um because you should have the cash in the business to pay to increase capacity and outsourcing boring stuff that's beneath your pay grade is increasing your capacity to do paid work absolutely um or it's increasing your capacity to have a life and there's no point in flogging yourself if you don't get to enjoy the results of that Exactly. And it's little things, you know, you've got your cleaners in today. That means that you're not having to spend probably way more time than they would spend to clean your house, which means you can be focused on money earning activities. So, you know, there's all sorts of different ways that you can manage your time. I think Brian Tracy um, says at the beginning of his Eat That Frog book, you will never be caught up. There is so much going on in modern day stuff that there will always be things to do. Because so many people say, well, oh, when I've caught up with this, then I'll do that. When I've caught up with this, then I'll do that. You're never going to get caught up. So you've got to build that stuff in and just say, you know, there is no more time in the day. It's just how you use your time. And you've just got to say, right, actually, I'm going to block that family thing out there. And then I will work around it. Because if you hold everything off until you've got nothing else to do, you're never going to get anything done. It's also that thing of if you can feel that you're getting distracted onto things that aren't productive. They may be important, but they're not necessarily urgent or they may be important personally, but they're not helping in terms of running your business. Then you need to be tough on yourself, don't you? And to be blocking time out to say, this is the maximum amount of time this gets to take out of my life this week. And when I've got to that, I'm done. Yeah. Yeah. Back to work because actually while it's important, it's not urgent. So it can just wait. And if I'm time blocking, then I'm putting it back in my box. Um, because yeah some things just aren't that exciting even though we have a passionate opinion about them yeah um and you've got to make that balance between is this a money earning activity because at the end of the day those are the ones that need priority yes there's lots of other stuff that needs doing but it's getting that balance right because if you're doing loads of stuff that's not going to earn you any money then you don't have business. <laughs> Nor are you going to be able to eat. Or eat or do anything else like that. So, yeah. Yes. Um, so in terms of our plan, if we're feeling meh about it, then we need to look at what we wrote in our plan. If we were really grumpy when we wrote the plan, we're going to like it less. <laughs> yeah. Because it's got the wrong stuff in it. So if you're looking at it, and going, I don't want to do this. It's about understanding why you don't want to do it. Is it a knowledge gap, a skill gap? Is it pushing you into a behavior you feel uncomfortable with? Um, 
Is it a confidence thing? Is it a, actually, I've dithered for so long, the world has moved on and this is no longer relevant. Um, you know, that opportunity has gone. Um, is it a, I've changed my mind, something more exciting's come along and this just, you know, or it was just actually a pretty dodgy plan in the first place. By yeah. actually breaking it down and understanding, we can then solve that problem. So, yeah, it's about do I need to outsource it? Yes, I know I'm spending money I don't necessarily have. But if it's a choice between this thing that needs to be done, getting done or not getting done, getting it done is more likely to earn you more money and give you a greater return on the investment on paying somebody to do it. Yeah. Um, there's lots of people who go, oh, but you're the most, you know, the, the best person at selling your business. Yes and no. As long as you're selling it, because you might be the best person at selling your business, but if you're not out there selling it, you're not going to make anything, are you? So it's better have someone selling it than no one. That one. Um, that. Yeah, you know, if you because you don't have the knowledge, the knowledge is out there. If you yeah. don't have the skill, is it a skill you want to acquire? Um, brilliant. In which case, get on with learning it. Um, is it a skill that you're being forced to acquire because you cannot find somebody else to do it for you? All right, then get on with it. Or actually, there's probably is somebody out there. So try a little bit harder at finding them. <laughs> um, yeah. You might not like the price that you're going to have to pay them. Um, in a lot of cases, oh, we just have to suck it up because often it's our expectation as to what something should cost that's wrong not necessarily the person that we found to work with yeah and i think you have to flip it around and say right this is an investment and therefore there's a return on my investment rather than this is a cost yes um and if you can't see that there's going to be a return on your investment again go back and question the plan yeah <laughs> um a lot of sales and marketing activity of course we can't guarantee there's going to be a return and that's one of the things that drives the meh on the I'm about to put in loads of effort, investment in, you know, my personal creativity. This is about to take a lot out of me. I'm out of my comfort zone. I don't think I'm going to do it well enough. It's probably not going to work. Why am I bothering? That's yeah. the mindset. Absolutely. Um, and yeah, if we don't hustle, nothing happens. Good thing happen when we put ourselves out there where we ask for the business when we get brave good stuff happens so if we've got a plan and we're feeling meh we need to be braver don't we we absolutely do and i think we've run out of time seems like a good place to end thank you very much for listening everybody